the Spud Goodman Radio Show. And here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion Joe. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. He calls to you who, the social outcast. Yes, you who are rejected. He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready. Rumbo! And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings and our Ola. My God given name is Spud Goodman. <laughs> Spud Goodman. <laughs> you know, and though I, you know, do have other non godly names I've been called over the years, we'll just go with, uh, you know, the moniker handed down from above. One of the good things about going by the name of Spud Goodman is there are no others on the face of the earth with my name. Yeah, it sort of makes me feel somewhat special. Not like totally special, but maybe a little tiny bit. So now I need to introduce my Aunt Dorothy, who uh, serves as our designated laugher, the most significant member of any radio show. Give us a quick chuckle. <laughs> oh, not my best, but I will pick it up as the show goes on. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't that bad. I've, I've oh, heard good. better chuckles from you in the past, but it'll, it'll suffice. Oh, okay. So I'm also obligated to introduce our temporary co-host, Gerald Holcomb. You, you can mumble something, but uh, be, be, be real brief, real brief with your mumbling, please. Yes, but I don't mumble. I clearly enunciate my okay, words. Okay, okay, you know, I, we get it, we get it, we get I, it. So, oh. so I was going to bring up, you know, the topic Yo, of... Can I at least say hello um, to everyone who's now listening? I, I, I'm the co-host, you know. Temporary. T- temporary, permanent. <laughs> okay, just say hi. Yeah, well, I also wanted to suggest a topic, as I think it's something everyone is interested in. And, and oh yeah, hi, everyone. Well, what makes you think your topic <laughs> is more interesting than what I was going to introduce here? Well, I'm thinking just about everyone is into Oreo cookies. You know, they just put out one more freaking flavor, oh. if you can believe it. Oh, boy. Cookies are not exactly something we can have an extended discussion on. Hey, 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 you shut your face! No, I wanted to bring up the topic of cruises. Cruises? You know, vacation cruises to beautiful spots in the southern hemisphere, like Jamaica, St. Thomas, and... Uh, say Aruba. My family and I are planning to try our first cruise. I think it is, but uh, we're we're so excited to go. But I must say, I really enjoy the candy corn Oreos. You can get them at Target during Halloween. We're not doing that. You know, you want to talk about floating on a big freaking restaurant in the middle of the ocean for a week? I don't think so. Well, Spud, in the last year, over 13 million people in North American um, North America took cruises. It's really popular. People love these excursions to you know beautiful well, parts of the world. But but you're stuck on some huge barge and can't get off until you hit land. I would go stir crazy in the first hour. Who would pay money for that torture? <laughs> well, many millions would, and that's why I thought we could maybe do it as a staff. You know, what? all of us signing up for a cruise, getting the opportunity to experience it together. <laughs> We're talking lifetime memories, Spud. You had me at hello. 
Well, I took an ARP-sponsored cruise to Alaska a couple of years ago, and it was so cold, I just stayed in my room most of the time. But there was some serious partying going on for sure. Like at night, I would see yeah. a bunch of people just toss their room keys in a big pile, and really? then they just started randomly picking their new shipmate for the night. Boy, oh boy. You saw a lot of people limping around in the mornings for sure. Mostly back injuries, I heard. But they did have a chiropractor on staff. That was on an ARP cruise? Mm-hmm. Yeah, my hey, goodness. ARP no. has those. I, I'm not wow. suggesting we mm. take some swingers cruise. Courtney, Chloe. My gosh, our three children will be with us. No, this will be a family-oriented excursion. And uh, when we return, we can discuss it with our listeners on the air, as I know they would really enjoy hearing about it. Oh, yeah. They're going to hang on every word about the desserts at the Midnight Buffet. Just let me bring on our musical guest, who I will be speaking with a little later on in the show. Here are Devils Hunt Me Down. Arrived just in my subtle breath. I came in here tonight looking for a little death. My teachers told me nobody else is on this bus. Now watch it blow apart, tiny shots and Was and never been this bad before. And it is all because I can't shut the goddamn door. I do not like it here at the home. But I can't give this job to anybody else. I am stuck at the neutral home. Of a machine that's in No idea what these buttons do I just hope I don't run over you Put these kids in charge who gave that Hope you're happy now, we're all gonna wind up dead Screaming sirens, red alert, I crash into my doom I never gain control of this computer room I do not like it here at the home But I can't give this job to anybody Of a machine that's in the door 
Hi, I'm Gilbert Gottfried, and I'm on the Spud Goodman Show, which shows that my career's in serious trouble. Uh, Spud, your first guest, W. Kamal Bell, is holding for you. Very cool. I love this guy's show on CNN, United Shades of America. Mm. He's fearless, to say the least. I mean, he goes where few are willing to venture. You know, as a regular viewer of Fox News and the Fox Business Channel, I can't say I caught his show. Is it about the financial markets or what? Uh, No, this guy digs deep into the psyche of America and finds out what's really going on out there. And say, I was wondering... Maybe you could, like, run out to my car in the parking lot. I need you to get me, like, a couple new bottles of Pepto-Bismol. I'm about out here, as you can see. And there's a case in the back seat. Uh, Of course, my personal assistant, Derek, called in sick again, so sorry to bother you. But, man, I mean, I just need what I need right in this second. I need it badly. Right now? I'm not shaking or anything, but I need it, yes. Well, I I guess so. starting to shake, actually. You're about to do an interview with a guest. Can I get it later when you're done? Um, I think it'd be actually... Oh, it's not like I would actually let you speak with the guy, so no. just go get it, please. All right, all right. I'm, I'm on my way. I'm heading out. All right, say hello to author, comedian, sociopolitical commentator, and confirmed brave man, W. Kamal Bell. Thanks for coming on our show. Thanks for having me. I, that's a lot of stuff I'm doing. Yeah, well... uh, before we get going, can I ask if, if I'm getting punked here? Are you sure you're really not Questlove? I just want to double check. <laughs> uh, 
I don't know. I'm starting to doubt myself because even when I did the Tonight Show, uh, one of the people who worked there said I sounded like Questlove. So uh, maybe I'm just an alternate universe version of Questlove that has crossed over into his universe. All right. Well, I'm just going to assume you're who you're supposed to be. Anyway, you're going to be appearing in Seattle on the 20th at the Neptune Theater. Showtime is at 8 p.m. Tickets are still available. And you have a new book out. And let me get through the title, man. Uh, All right. The Awkward Thoughts of W. Kamal Bell, Tales of a Six Foot Four African American Heterosexual Cisgender left-leaning, asthmatic, black and proud blurred, mama's boy, dad, and stand-up comedian published by Dutton Books. Uh, you host one of the most interesting and funny shows on TV, uh, United Shades of America, airing Sundays at 10 p.m. Eastern on CNN. You're now in season two. And your first episode, I won't lie, made me a bit uncomfortable as it featured alt-right leader Richard Spencer. My first thought was like, this dude needs more exposure, but I kind of get why you had him on. I mean, you know, believe me, I was just fighting that battle on Twitter with people. It's not about that dude needing more exposure. It's about those ideas right. being in the White House and not everybody realizing. We all think we're all equally woke, which is a problem. So you live, you live in Seattle. That's a cool, woke city. I live in Berkeley, cool, woke city. But I travel the country. Most of the country is not as cool and tied in as we are. And so for a lot of people who watch that show, they maybe had heard of Richard Spencer. They'd maybe heard of the alt-right. But to hear him say on TV that part of their platform is that women belong in the kitchen, and then to go, oh, and Steve Bannon's in the White House. <laughs> like, and he's, he's another leader of the alt-right. I mean, to me, it's like getting people to pay attention. Right, right, right. Well, last year's episode where you hung out with the KKK members was a bit creepy, too. I mean, have, have we, you know, reached a point where every living thing on Earth will, will take their 15 minutes regardless of how it makes them look, uh, you know, and who they have to sell out to to get their face on camera? Because, I mean, whatever leader of ISIS who hasn't been droned yet would pose for the cover of People Now, I'm thinking. <laughs> I mean, we do live in a media culture. We all kind of think we're a little bit uh, famous or worthy of being famous, thanks to social media. And, you know, the Klan members think they're going to go on TV and get their 15... You know, everybody wants to keep up with the Kardashians, like even the Klan. So, you know, everybody thinks they got a reality show in them. And my job... My job, I feel like, is to make sure that when I put them on TV, that I frame them in a certain way to go, this is why I'm doing this, this is why I think you need to know this. And, you know, I'm not, look, every week on my show, I'm not going to places to talk to people I disagree with. Sometimes, I'm just, most of the time, I'm just talking to people that I don't know enough about and want to know more about, which right. is awkward enough. So, right. you know, last season we did The Clan, this season we did Richard Spencer, but, you know, I'm not doing that every week. I don't, my wife doesn't want me to do that, my family and friends want me to do that. You know, next week we're going to Chicago to talk about gang violence, which is ostensibly a scary situation for some, but for me, I graduated from high school in Chicago, so it's not. I mean, not that I wasn't nervous, but it's just a different thing. Right. Well, I guess we're all in agreement. We can blame the Kardashians for this social uh, trend, and oh, that's good. Yeah, I think we can we can blame or thank, depending upon which side you're on. All right, there you go. Well, on our show, you know, we've dealt with the topic of cognitive dissonance, and, and now, you know, I've only been to community college, but even I know something goofy is kind of going on with the Trump supporters. Uh, I'm talking the non-bankers and Wall Street types. It's like a cult. Do you get the feeling that, the, you know, the they'll back this grifter until the very last Dixie cup of Kool-Aid's been swallowed? <laughs> well, uh, good good, good analogy or whatever that was. Uh, I, mean, yeah, I, I what dropped was. out of the time league college, so I'm right there with you. Uh, but you know, I, here's the thing. We're, oh, we're, like, just, we're like just over. We just finally, finally, finally passed the 100-day mark. You yeah. couldn't have told me anything negative about Barack Obama after the 100-day mark. 
even if he was doing things, I'm sure he hadn't done it. If he hadn't done all, he hadn't hoped and changed enough. But I was all the way in. It took me a long time to get disappointed. So I feel like those of us who are, again, already woke, we just have to be patient. Those people, many of those people will come back around. Some of them will never come back around. But many of them will come back around. And when they do finally go, oh, my God, my eyes hurt, and you do the Morpheus thing, it's because you've never used them before. When you do that, just welcome them in. That's all I'm saying. All right, kind of the new relationship buzz hasn't worn off yet. Is what you're saying, kind of? Right. No, it's uh, no, it's just exciting. It's just exciting. It's and I think we the, and the more we just let them be excited and and you know, we, I mean, you know, it's going to take some really horrible things that are going to hurt millions of people to get them less excited. And I don't want those things to happen. We can fight for those things not to happen, but it's going to take things like somebody looking up and going, "Wait a minute, what happened to my health insurance?" Uh, yeah, uh, a very timely topic. Um, well, hey, as a working comedian, do you sense a sea change going on in terms of what material audiences are craving these days? Because looking at the recent Nielsen ratings for late night, it seems like people are more are thirsting more for like biting satire than fluffy, not stuffy stuff. Well, no, it's funny. Trump, you know, I heard Chappelle talk about this too, but Trump has kind of made every comedian a political comedian by default, whether you're for him or against him. If you step on stage and don't say Trump, it kind of seems like you're not paying attention to the world. So, like, I think that it is, it is, you know, political comedy was sort of this, uh, you know, despite the fact that the greatest comedians in America are always slightly political. Like when I'm talking about like George Carlin, Richard Pryor, Dave Chappelle, Lenny Bruce, Joan, Joan Rivers, right. you know, you know, these are the people who like define the genre. They're always a little bit political. We always sort of kick political comedy to the side until we need it. And right now, you know, we need it. But as a comic who always talks about this stuff, it's exhausting. Yeah, I hear you. Um, well, you know, you, you co-host a podcast, I wanted to touch on this, with Kevin Avery titled Denzel Washington is the Greatest Actor of All Time, period. I like that. Um, so, <laughs> but you review all of Denzel's films, so let me toss in my two cents. I vote for He Got Game as the best, although he didn't really have that much of a game on camera compared to Ray Allen. He still although he did, he did score on him, though. He did score on him. He did, he did. I don't know how many takes that took, but anyway, it's a great movie. So your response? Well, the first of all, let me just give you some insider. We had Spike Lee on the show talking about that, and he said Denzel did score on him. The whole thing for that scene was that Ray Allen was supposed to beat him 5-0, but Denzel played basketball at, co- at college at Fordham, and he refused to let Ray Allen beat him 5-0 on film, so he actually did score on him. <laughs> wow, so, so Denzel must have put in some time at the Y for, for him before they rolled, rolled uh, camera, all right. Well, yeah, he, he, was a represent- he went to the Boys and Girls Club as a kid before I stopped by on one before he went to set that day and got his game tight, but yeah, so... Uh, he Got Game's a good one. It's a classic New York one. A lot of people love He Got Game. It's a, it's a, it's a Spike Lee movie. Spike Lee does some of Denzel's best work is through Spike Lee. I'll accept that one as your number one. All right. Super. I'm not getting challenged there. All right. Okay, well, let me ask you this. Um, what's your take on the Democrats' uh, bench right now as far as mounting a political comeback across America? Is it me or does it seem like Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, and, well, I don't know, fill in the blank, seem like cast members from, like, Three's Company or Welcome Back Cotter right now? <laughs> To me, like I, it's, I'm glad you said the bench because if I'm the Democrats, I'm looking down the bench and go, "All right, we need to send some scouts out into the world. <laughs> like you need to stop. It's not going to be on this team. We're not going to get the win. The, we don't have a star player on this team. <laughs> this is not. Uh, we need to send some people out. This is like the Orlando Magic of uh, of teams right now. We need some. We need yeah. some, we need some bigger names. We need to recruit some free agents. We need to do something. No offense to the Orlando Magic. No, uh, but, no. But, you know, it's just one of those NBA teams where you're like, what's happening here? Or maybe the Charlotte Bobcats. What's happening here? <laughs> so they, if I was the Democrats, I'd be sending the scouts out 
all over the country, and not the world because you need them to be an American citizen, but all over the country and find and look at people from all levels of Democrat of the Democratic Party. You might find a comptroller who's like, man, that dude's got a great jump shot, and really figure out who the next person is. Because Barack Obama kind of came out of nowhere, and that's what they need. They need people to come out of nowhere. Really? I mean, because I think, can't we like count on uh, two hands uh, the state legislatures that d- Democrats control across this country? So yeah, it's, uh, it's getting, yeah, it's... Uh... No, I mean, that's what I'm talking about. It's like, when, it's like in the NBA when they just go to Africa and just find a dude who's seven foot one and built like a basketball player. They go, we'll teach you the rest. Just come with us. They need to, that's how the Democrats they need to do it. They need to find somebody who has the natural skills and raw talent who nobody's ever heard of and so therefore nobody's mad at. I mean, that's where Barack Obama came from. It was like people had heard of him, but nobody was expecting it. All right. Well, let, let me wrap this thing with my standard cliche drench closer. All right. W. Kamal Bell, what has been your most memorable moment? In your case, let's go with your stand-up career. Uh, my most memorable moment in my stand-up career. Uh, it's funny. I guess the first thing that comes to mind, and maybe just because he's been around a lot recently, is getting to open for Dave Chappelle a lot when he got back from South Africa. Wow. Well, that would have been cool. Yeah, so I was got to be I got to be at some of those five hour sets. One night he was on stage for five hours and in the middle of the set he needed to go to the bathroom, so I had to go back on stage and like hang out while he went to the bathroom and you know, I got to see, you know, I know his new specials came out, but the stuff I saw that he did right after he got back from South Africa was like the greatest stand up comedy I've ever seen in my life. It was I mean, he was just he was on fire because he was still deep in thinking about Comedy Central. So yeah, that's that's my most memorable stand up comedy memory. Well his new Netflix special just totally came I don't know. Obviously, everybody already knows that. But anyway, all right. Okay, well, uh, let me remind everyone that uh, you will be appearing in Seattle on the 20th at the Neptune Theater and your show on CNN, United Shades of America, airs each Sunday night at 10 p.m. Eastern. So I really, really appreciate you coming on our show. Thanks for having me. I mean, Seattle is one of my favorite comedy cities. I, I, living in the Bay Area, going to Seattle, it feels like you're just sort of, it's, a, it's like an alternate universe of, of the Bay Area to continue the alternate universe analogy we started with. All right, there you have it. W. Kamal Bell. This is the Spud Goodman Show. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Hey, uh, Spud. Yes? Our resident psychic, Ted Marr, is on the line. Well, put him on. Do your plug. Oh, oh, right. Uh, Ted Marr's show, Out of This World, can be heard each Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. on KKNW, 1150 a.m. in Seattle and on the web. Here he is. Please say hello to our show's resident psychic, Mr. Ted Marr. How's it hanging, Ted? Oh, fine, Spud. It's great to talk to you. Yeah, well, what I wanted to talk to you about right now is the issue of evil aliens. I'm talking about the really bad aliens out there. Just how evil are they? I know some of them are like into anal probes just for the fun of it. They're fun, not ours. And others, I have taken, you know, maybe have taken over the bodies of some of our leaders. And no, I'm not going to suggest Donald Trump is now being led, you know, by remote control by aliens. But I wanted to know about Kellyanne Conway. Is there any doubt she's a vessel for evil aliens? <laughs> no, I'm you serious. So, I'm totally serious. You are so funny. Many people are controlled by the negative entities, um, but slowly those those um, those controls are being lifted by the Galactic Alliance, the good aliens, the good ETs, and so. Um, 
uh, I, I, and I want everyone to remember that um, so that good times are ahead of us and that um, we are getting help from, from outside regarding the, the negative entities. All right. I take it aliens have no conscience as they do some really mean stuff. Besides pushing, like, Kellyanne on us, they, they have, to be res- have to be responsible for, like, Ryan Seacrest. I mean, sh- sh- you know, we could blame that on the devil, but I feel aliens are smarter and know what would bug us more. They really do like to annoy us. That's correct, right? Well, they do, and the negative actually feed off of negativity, hate, and war, and conflict. Oh. And the po- positive aliens feed off of, they, they love lo- love and light and, and harmony. And so, because I believe most, most people on this planet, Spud, are benevolent, kind, and, and, and loving, most? that's the kind of world we're, we're going to create in the future. All right. Well, how can our listeners fight back against these evil aliens, you know, if, if they're bothering them or whatever? Do you have any tips that a person can do at home without, you know, requesting professional assistance from a psychic? Absolutely. There is a very simple meditation that's, um, it's from, the, it's called the hue, as in human. Uh, it's a very old technique, and when you say it, I'll say it quickly, hue, it brings the, the galactics to help Ooh. you in almost any situation. That sounded kind of cool. All right. Spud. <laughs> what? what? You know I love Ted, but that sound he just made, I fear, is a secret plea for help to Satan, as this whole thing sounds like something out of the Occult 101 playbook. Oh. Yeah, you were right to bring the devil into this conversation. I just mentioned the devil in regards to Ryan Seacrest. I mean, Ted's not a Satanist, okay? Don't mix up the work of evil aliens with the devil. Two totally different entities. Well, I feel they are both on the same team, but Satan is the one in charge giving marching orders to the evil aliens. You know, they're his foot soldiers. I don't have time to start arguing about this. And please don't start talking in tongues as I need to finish this segment up, okay? Hey, is there... Any type of music besides that cool sound that we can play to ward them off? You know, like those 7-Eleven stores who play classical music to scare off wayward youth, you know, congregating out front? That's a really that's a really good question, Spud. Anything like classical music or any uplifting, happy music is really good. And also, your program helps ward them off, too, because any oh. laughter makes – anything that makes people laugh, they can't handle laughter. It dispels them completely. They can't handle it. So if you do run into any negative entities, laugh at them. They can't handle it. <laughs> All right. I, I was thinking maybe a Maroon 5 uh, song, maybe any of them actually would work, but that's just, just my own opinion. But anyway. All right. Well, Ted, I, I know you, you know you have a lot of things happening, so I'm going to end this thing. But I want to thank you so much for calling in and sharing your wisdom. My, my pleasure, Spud. It's always, it's always fun to talk to you. All right, Mr. Ted Marr. There's still more fun and excitement in store in the second half of the Spud Goodman Radio Show right after this brief intermission. He had no money. He had no sense in his brain. He was Spud Goodman, but that didn't get in his way. He was a blind receiver on the wall of shame. And all the people joined in because they liked how he swayed. They swayed like this. Spud Goodman. Spud Goodman. Spud Goodman. Spud Goodman. Spud Goodman. Spud Goodman. We now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show.
you know, Spud, getting us back to the idea of all of us taking a cruise together as a staff, can yeah. you imagine how great a bonding experience this would be? It would. I, I can only think how close this would bring us all together. Yeah. Or not. There, there could well, also easily be, like, a physical altercation or two between us all. And then there are communicable diseases that could be shared. Those are lifetime memories. Nonsense, Spud. Penicillin will still take care of most of that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't be so negative, Spud. You need to focus on how this trip could foster a renewed commitment to the show for the staff. I mean, who knows? Even you could come back a changed man, someone who has really? rediscovered his spark and returned to the days when you were excited to show up for work at the studio. I know you weren't always a radio host just going through the motions. No, I, I pretty much... I've always been like this. Really? Oh, he's being honest, Gerald. This oh. is the same Spud Goodman I remember since his birth, actually, as his aunt. I always knew he would have trouble displaying a decent work ethic as an adult. His mother just gave up on him, doing chores around the house, as he would do such a horrible job, and she just had to do it all yeah, over herself. I, mean, I still you know, feel sort of guilty about using that angle. You should. It, it, it did pretty much get me out of most everything, but uh, I should have at least helped a little bit, like, uh -huh. you know, load the dishwasher a couple times a uh -huh. What are you objectifying on? Hmm. You know, I was thinking on some fundraisers we could hold so our interns could come along, too. You know, they're a big part of our show, so we should make every effort to include them in this. What? Franklin, as an intern, is war worth, like, more than you and I combined. I mean, really? he drives a flippin' Porsche, for God's sakes. He, he can pay his own way. <laughs> uh, well, our other two interns I know are struggling college students, so we can try and help them out. Well, as for me, I would kick in 20 bucks to help buy their tickets, but who are these interns anyway? I still haven't been introduced. Yeah, I know. I, I can't say I know them either, really know them. Hell no, you can't! Uh, I, I just nod my head, you know, when they say hi and... Hey guys, yeah, and by the way, I see you guys over there, and after the show, we should like really like hang out, you know, exchange personal information, you know, first names at least. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. yeah uh, hey, uh, Spud, our executive producer, Lori, just texted me. Uh, she says she is on board with this cruise idea. On board. Uh, listen to this. She thinks it could really increase our productivity. It could. Sure she does. That's about all she thinks about that and how I can be a bigger whore here, you know, here on the show. It's going to be a thing of beauty. Uh, she also says she has an idea that could take this to another level. And she's uh, still typing her really? message, so I'm going to have to let you know what she said when she's done. Yeah, you, you do that. Right now, why don't you handle your assigned duties, like checking, check to see if our next guest is ready to go. Oh, okay. And, uh, yeah, the board is telling me your next guest, John Waters, is good to go. All right. That's that's great to hear. Uh, I really want to speak with him. Now, we've had Mr. Waters on the show before, but refresh my memory. Uh, he, 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 you don't freaking a... remember John Waters? Well. He's unlike anything in the entertainment industry, okay? He's an author, film director, comedian, actor, serial killer, art collector. I mean, I could go on and on, but we can't keep him on hold. Okay, but remember what was said in our staff meeting this week? I'm now allowed to submit a question in writing for you to ask during the guest interviews, and you have to use one of them from time to time. You ain't got the answers! You ain't got the answers! Uh, the memo said from time to time. Yeah. This isn't the time. Well, okay. When will it be the time? I don't know. Just back off and let me get to John. He's an auteur, for God's sakes. Okay, here he is. 
Welcome back to the show, author, director, producer, the one, the only John Waters. Uh, thanks a bunch for coming back on our show. We are major sure. John Waters fans here. Thank you very much. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Absolutely. Well, you have a, you have a new graphic book out titled Make Trouble, which was, in essence, the text from your commencement speech at the Rhode Island School of Design. That's a very prestigious institution. Um, spoiler alert for those who are not there or not aware, how'd it go over? It was great. I, I would call it a booklet. You know what I mean? I mean, whoever thought I would be a gift item. But it, it is advice for people that are graduating from anything, not just schools, from bad marriages, rehab, reform school, parole, everything. Man, you can graduate in life up till the day you, you're gone. Well, all right. I jotted that down. Well, you know, I've always wanted to give a commencement address for some reason. I, you know, I've never been asked. I don't know why. But how many times have you delivered one? I only gave this one, and I thought after it went viral and the book came out, I'd get all these, <laughs> I could get in this racket, right? Yeah. Not one other school has asked me to do it. So I don't know. I guess they were afraid I couldn't top it. Wow. Man, man maybe, I can't understand. I thought you'd been doing this like, like you know, uh, half of the spring or, 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 you know, I just figured no, you'd be doing this all the time. I haven't been done one more. I did, I, once when I taught in prison in the 80s and I was a speaker at the graduation in the yard in jail, but I wasn't the, the commencement speaker. Hmm. And later, after this came out, I did go to the uh, Maryland Institute of Art in, in uh, Maryland. I was a speaker there, but I was not the commencement speaker either. So, who knows? We'll see what happens. But so far, uh, people are just scared them away. Uh, they, don't, they don't know what they're missing. But All right, well, let me ask you this. Do you feel confident uh, the youth of today, the future of this country, could function if a, a foreign power took over our cell phone capability for 24 hours? Would there be mass hysteria <laughs> and bloodshed? Well, if you really want to rebel and you really want to horrify your parents and you're a teenager, you say that you'd like a landline Ooh. because they, that will make them so nervous. That will, be, that will make every one of your peers think you're crazy or say you don't want a phone. That, that is the most radical way you could rebel. But you're right. We, we are, including me, uh, obsessed with our phones. And, uh, and, and people just walk around smashing. Indeed. That's why there's so many more pedestrian deaths because people walk right out in traffic and everything. So certainly um, I'm, I'm, I'm not against it. I'm as guilty as everybody else. All right, super. Well, you know, John, on a personal note, on note, uh, our staff here is kicking around the possibility of going on a cruise together, you know, on the ocean. I'm not keen on it, but have you ever been on a cruise? No, because I got seasick once in my life, and it was the most horrible feeling I ever felt in my life. And I live in Provincetown at the summer, and I, I have to pick up people when the ferry comes from Boston. Yeah. And I have seen the entire boatload of people vomiting as they pull in. So, no, I have not been on a cruise. And then you're trapped. You can't escape. I know. So I, I like the idea of it, but the reality of it is no escape. And, and then pirates, too. You have to worry about pirates. them these days. Never thought about pirates. Spud, what? please do not use pirates as an excuse not to give this cruise idea serious thought. You know, the chances of a cruise ship being hijacked by pirates is like a one-in-a-million situation. Uh, John, just one moment. All right. But if I'm on that one-in-a-million cruise ship, I would be really pissed off. Not only would I have to deal with being in a saltwater prison with no escape, as John just said, I could be held for ransom. And you know nobody would pay a cent to have me freed. What? Nonsense. If I were able to escape, I would be more than willing to initiate a Kickstarter campaign to raise sufficient funds for your release. Now, 
I say that with the disclaimer that any pirates holding you would not demand an exorbitant amount of money. What, what do you think would be the max you could raise? I need to know that before I ever set foot on any boat. Well, certainly we could raise at least... I don't know, three to four thousand dollars if we if we were really aggressive in our appeal for funds. Well, no self-respecting pirate would release anything, even a sea bass caught fishing for that kind of money. I don't Seriously, know. I would die alone on some island. I am now very distressed, but let me get back to John. All right, well, getting back to your book, one of your recommendations to the prospective graduates is a no is free, ask for the world, and pay no mind if you're initially turned down. I, you know, I have extensive experience, you know, in the, with the word no, both romantically and professionally, but you, though, have always done things your own unique way without the need for approval and found success. That's well, inspiring. Well, many people have said no, believe me, and still say no to what I do, but really? at the same time, you just move on because you only need one person to say yes if you're trying to get financing. Yeah, and it's like hitchhiking. If 10 cars stop, there's a car accident. You only need one to stop. So I, I think at the same time that, that in the arts, a no is something you have to get used to, and it doesn't cost to ask anybody for what you want. And, uh, and if they say no, then you ask somebody else. All right. Well, you know, on that note, in terms of financing with studios, you know, with films, uh, a whole lot of people want to know if there's going to be a new John Waters film in the near future. I mean, if Sandler can get a lifetime deal with Netflix, you should at least get a five-picture guarantee from Sony or Warner Brothers. Well, they, they want me to make them for like under a million dollars, which I can't anymore, because what am I going to go say? Oh, would you help them work for nothing? I'm new at this. I've been making movies for 40 years. Um, and people say, why don't you use Kickstarter? Well, I own three homes. That would be kind of hypocritical, wouldn't it? So um, I've had three development deals. The last one was HBO for a sequel to Hairspray, but it didn't happen. So it's not like I'm not working in the business. They just don't get made. And that's fair. They pay me. I, I, you know, my books do better than my last movie did. My last two books, Role Model and Car Sex, were big hits, and they were received critically well, too. So I, I just need to tell stories. So uh, I do it in books these days. You don't think Car Sick would make an amazing movie? It would, and it was optioned once. It was going to be optioned. It didn't happen. Yes, it would be. You could have me hitchhiking, and I would be imagining the best and worst rides while I was waiting for each ride. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I saw a movie all over it when I read it, but all right. Yeah, I, I thought, too, and then some people want to do just the fictitious parts of it, not the real rides. And that could be true because the fictitious parts are way more like movies when I imagine the best and the worst rides that could happen. Well, if you had to cast an actor to play you in that role, I'm just curious, who, who would you go with? Steve Buscemi. Oh, People duh, think yeah. I'm him on airplanes all the time. Duh, I don't even know why I even asked that. All right, all right. <laughs> all right well, in, in closing on films, let me hit you with this one. Um, what is your favorite Elvis movie of all time? Viva Las Vegas, uh, because of Anne Margaret, so great in that movie. But Jailhouse Rock is also really, really good. And I'm a, still a big Elvis fan. I, I'm driving oh, yeah. across the country um, in two weeks with a friend just to do it for fun. And we're going to Graceland again. And I only went there about 40 years ago, so I'm looking forward to seeing it. I hope it's even more pitiful in a way. God, I hope you were rolling tape when, when John Waters goes to Graceland. I know it's in. I'm going to sneak in. Oh, all right. There you go. All right. Spud. Yes? Well, I would like to thank you for using my Elvis question in this interview with Mr. Waters. It's a first in our working relationship, and i got to tell you, I'm very grateful. Well, well, it was done under duress. That memo from our executive producer, Lori, sort of gave me no choice. Well, it was that or let you ask it yourself, and that's not going to happen on my watch. Besides, it wasn't a totally horrible question. Thank you. I am a huge Elvis fan, so asking him what his favorite Elvis movie was... It didn't make me puke or anything. I'm partial to roust about if anyone cares. But anyway, I had to pick that one as your other questions were so freaking weak. I couldn't believe it. I mean, that one about 
What are the chances of VHS tapes making a comeback? Yeah, well, but our family has so many wonderful movies and game shows on VHS tape that we're worried now that they don't make VCRs anymore. Uh, Spud, we have nine seasons of Hollywood Squares. What are we going to do when ours breaks? It's going to affect millions of people. Hello? Uh, at most, 15 or 20 people on Earth still use VHS tapes, well, man. I don't there will think be so. no cool retro comeback like for vinyl or skinny ties. Well, that is a very disturbing news, should it be accurate. But of course, you didn't see fit to ask Mr. Waters, a famous movie director, what he thought. He just might have a different take, and it could have given great comfort to many VHS tape lovers around the world. Uh, just suck it up and let me end this interview if you don't mind. Okay, John, I'm back. Thank you. Okay, well, let me wrap this thing. Everybody needs to go out right now and secure your new book, Make Trouble. It's available everywhere, and if not, people need to demand it. So I just want to thank you so much for checking back in with us. Sure, thanks for having me. Mr. John Waters. For all who love beautiful music, there's one program you must hear. This is the Spud Goodman Show. Okay. It's musical guest interview time. Uh, please say hey to Devils Hunt Me Down. Gentlemen, out yourselves with names and instruments, please. Uh, hello, my name's Chris B., and I play the six-string guitar. I'm Matt. I play the 12-string electric, and I sing songs. I'm Ian Sides, and I play the bass. And I'm Callum, and I play the drums. Super. Well, let's talk long-term goals for the band. Where do you see, your gu you know, see yourselves in, say, 18 to 22 months? What are we talking about? 18 to 22 months. We'd like to be... Uh, touring you know, in a blimp. Yes, to, uh, touring in a blimp. I, I, think. I, I was going to say a Sherman tank, but uh, oh, touring in a vehicle of some kind. Yeah. Yes, uh, having released our, our three EPs we're working on this year, maybe yes. working on another re release by that time. And our name, of course, all across the world. You guys yes. crank out stuff, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, your band biography reveals some very interesting facts regarding oh, your oh family boy. backgrounds. <laughs> what, are the, what are the chances for four guys that all have fathers who were Sasquatch hunters? You guys must have a lot in common. It's, it we, was strange. We when we met, we could almost not believe it that our, all of our parents were Sasquatch hunters. You know? Quite the coincidence. Instant love. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's amazing. I mean, who else in this world could understand us but fellow Sasquatch hunter children? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay, well, let's let's talk a little bit more about family. It was stated that all of you were fed mostly a diet of bear fat and psilocybin mushrooms uh, yes. in your formative years. Yeah. That, that sounds like it was gluten-free, but low on protein. You, you guys all seem to have normal growth patterns, so I yeah. guess no harm, no foul. Well, no TV, so we had to do something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We're out exploring mm. the forest together. You know, uh, the, the psilocybin really helped develop those those mental uh, mm -hmm. mental capabilities early on in our lives. Mental muscles, if yes. you will. Yeah. There were a couple berries. Yeah. And full of berries. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, um, let's talk about the new record, okay? Um, All right. What's the title and where can people find it? Uh, it is In Medius Res, and you can find it on our band camp. You can order it from us there. You can come see us at a show, and we'd be happy to give you a CD. June 3rd at the High Dive. June 3rd at the High Dive, we'll do that. And pretty soon it's going to be... Everywhere. It'll be on uh, online, available on all sites and sources. May 12th. Yeah. Super. Well, what's uh, the name of the next song? The next song is called I Am That I Am. Right, let's do it.
Radio Show. Hello, this is Alan Parsons from the Alan Parsons Project. You're listening to the Spud Goodman Project today. Hey, that's a mighty fine-looking suit, mister. You like it? Uh-huh. Fits you beautifully, and it does things for you. Where'd you get it? Well, uh... Ah, never mind. You don't have to tell me. There's only one place you could get a suit like that, and that's important. Hey, bud! Hey, bud! Hey, bud! Just a minute! What? Take a look at your shoes! Why? That's important! Why? Everybody else does! Is that so? You don't have to tell me! There's only one place you could get a shoes like that! Is that so? Yeah, and remember! Well, uh... Ah! Uh, why? Well, uh... Why? Ah! Uh, ahoy there! Just when I'm late for work, too! Ho, ho, ho! We're glad to spend our dough! I'll say so! Why? When I'm a telling you, pal, when I'm a telling you, pal, just like that. 
Hey, that's a mighty fine-looking suit, mister. You like it? Better get a new one today. Well, uh... Take a look at your shoes. If they're run down from heel to toe, here's the place for you to go. And that's important. It's just my luck. Just when I'm late for work, too. Ho, ho, ho. We're glad to spend our dough. Just like that. Just like that. Just like, just like, just like that. I'll say so. Ahoy there! Uh, Spud, our interns handling the calls are saying your uh, stalker or, or girlfriend yeah. or significant other Amber is calling in. Heads are spinning. Uh, she's adamant about speaking with you. Are, are, are you not responding to her calls and texts well, on your cell phone? I, I sort of turned it off a while ago. I, uh. I think I know what she's calling about, and I'd rather not deal with it right now. I, I always thought she never listened to this show. She really hates it. I guess I was wrong. Well, she's on hold right yeah, now, and yeah. you know, callers can hear the show while they're on hold, so you might want... Oh, crap, crap, crap. Yeah. Um, hey, just, just put her on. I'll be really, really quick here. Amber, 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 are you there? Am Amber. Well, why, yes, I'd love to go on a cruise with you. Thanks for asking. Uh, yeah, well, you know, um, yeah, okay. Uh, this cruise thing is just in the discussion stage. I've not committed to anything. As you know, I have inner ear issues that will probably prevent my attendance. My doctor has recommended I remain on dry land. This in our pants yet? Inner ear issues? Yeah. But that is one lame-ass excuse. I think a week on a cruise ship is just what our relationship needs right now. It gives us a chance to focus on all of the... Yeah, well, I know it could be a positive thing, a Amber, but this is Gerald. I, I'm, I'm the co-host of this I show, so. and, I, and I, want, I want to try to ask you... I, I want to try to wrap no, this no, up. No, no. What? Temporary co-host. Well, temporary, permanent co-host. And I think it would be great, Amber, if you could join us on this excursion. You know, people lie a lot, so you got to be on your toes. Let me ask you, have you ever been on a cruise before? My wife has read that. Ah, uh, yeah, of course I've been on a cruise before, like the Bahamas, oh. Cuba, Aruba, St. Thomas, to Jamaica, to the Cayman Islands. Look, so, so you've already been to, to everywhere a ship can cruise, all right? And where else could we go? That's nice. Why don't you, you know, you and I maybe plan a weekend getaway to someplace, you know, near a casino, you know, possibly. How romantic is that? When we go to the casino, I never see you once we get there. That well, thing you have about me being a cooler is totally bogus. My presence doesn't cause you to lose all the time playing the slot machines. Well, but I wanted to ask you, have you ever won? And it's Oh, and he chaptered. He went bankrupt with his casino company. Yeah, I do win when I go by myself. Yeah, so, Amber. I will make sure we include you in the email group on the cruise, and once we decide where we'll be visiting, we'll follow up with you and make sure you get that info. I would like to go someplace new. I didn't enjoy any of the places I've already visited. None of them? There are mosquitoes in Jamaica. Humidity in Cuba was terrible. The food in Aruba look, look, If I, if I, if I end up doing awful. this, uh, I'm sure we can find a country that you could tolerate, okay? Uh, I need to go now, so hang up, and I will call you after the show. We both know you'll come up with some excuse why you couldn't call me, and I'll have to track you down again. But Maybe a woman not. needs to know she's desired. You make it really tough to convince myself that you're in this relationship as my partner and not my child. Well, why, why not 
Why can't I be both? Oh, Spud, I have really tried to stay out of this, but I don't think you can play both roles. You're just going to have to make a choice. Yeah, excuse me, Amber, our next guest is supposed to call in right oh, now. Right, right. Amber, hang up. Uh, come on, hang up. I, 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 I can still hear you on the line. Hang up. As you know, we only have one phone line in on the show, okay? H- hang up, please. Please, please. Ha- I, I, think she's, I think she's still there because I can hear her breathing. Hello. Hey, let's just take a quick break and have the interns play some high decibel feedback into the phone to seal the deal. We're going to be back in a second. Okay, I think Amber is off the line now. So, okay, Spud, check out this idea from our amazing executive producer, Lori. Now, hold on to your hat, and I think you're going to like this. She thinks we should try to sell this to the public as the Spud Goodman Show cruise. Oh, good. Yeah, you know, you try to entice all of the show's fans to join us on the boat. You know, a lot of show business personalities, they've successfully pulled this off in the past. Yeah, like Huey Lewis and the News or Screech from Saved by the Bell, big stars. How many people do you Screech. think the Spud Goodman show could con into going on a boring cruise? Maybe like five or six total, if if I could talk my neighbors into going, which I don't think you know, they would because they don't like me very much. Mostly because of the loud music I play in the evening hours. They're not late night people. Well, maybe I would be able to help a little bit by talking to a few of my friends from our Troy Donahue fan club about going once um, we get a cruise set up. Uh, we, meet, we meet once a month, so I can easily I bring it up with them. Good call, yo. Now, there you go. If we all start working on this, I bet we Look, can fill up this boat. Can I ask, right. what would be the entertainment on this Spud Goodman Show cruise? I, I don't well, have a talent or something that will no. keep people interested. And you do know if we don't entertain them on a full... Seriously, entertain them 24-7, there's going to be a riot or something's going to break out for sure. It's going to get ugly. Well, <laughs> I could do my stand-up act. It's not funny. You stupid ignorance, Look, your knock-knock jokes would fill up like three minutes max. I'm telling you, if we do this, our executive producer is going to have to line up some big-time talent to pull this off. What about asking a few of the bands who've performed on our show? I bet they'd Ooh, love to idea. take a cruise. Um, I'm not gonna beg any of the bands, and don't even try talking to, don't even talking to the band tonight. They would uh, like it. Look, no, no. I mean, some of these band members are my personal friends, and I still have to live in this town. Well, I can help. The son of my dentist is a magician. I can ask if he's available. I know. If we all put our heads together, we can come up with an exciting lineup of entertainment that would please everyone. I know my wife gets a big kick out of balloon tricks. Oh, yeah. Okay, Once yeah, we were yeah. at a street fair, and I this guy it. made a balloon that looks like me. It yeah. was striking how accurate it was. Dumbest, most offensive, and most insane things. Yeah, you do know the reason most people go on these cruises is to go crazy. Party till they puke, oh, and then no, party no, no, some no. more. Wholesome <laughs> entertainment might work for the toddlers on the ship, but most adults leave the kids home so they can lose all self-control. There are all kinds of perversions. Spud is right on that point. People like to do nasty things once they set foot on board. Well, this will be a different experience then, as we will be bringing our three kids, like I said. Gosh, you know, we certainly don't want them exposed to illicit behavior. 
don't be so overly dramatic about it. Oh, they're going to be seeing a whole lot of illicit behavior. These boats are like a floating Vegas without Carrot Top or Celine Dion. Ha, ha, you know ha. our family's never been to Las Vegas, but we have been to Laughlin, and we had a wonderful time. There was no debauchery there at all. Right, so so I vote we pass on this stupid cruise idea. Why? I will not go anywhere that does not have cable TV as I have my daily viewing habits. I have to deal with You know I'm a bit OCD about this. Mm. There are certain programs, like the Situation Room with Will Blitzer, that I have to see at least a few minutes of each day or there are ramifications. Oh, it's true. I know about those ramifications firsthand. Once Spud was staying with me when he was between marriages, and so the cable went out one day, and believe me, all hell broke loose. Such a tantrum. It, it was terrible. It took several of well, us to get him under control. I always watch The View each morning, too. So, yeah, it was a bit unsettling to me, but I wasn't that upset. And, and after the, you know, the cable guy fixed the problem, I sort of mellowed out. What's with you, Johan? Anyway, you guys can, can go on that boat and have fun. I'm going to stay on shore. Thank you very much. Now let me sign off here. I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao. Bye-bye. Yeah, once again, our devils hunt me down. Hey, Spud, how about a bus tour to the Grand Canyon? No. show is produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions and recorded at NWCZ Radio. Engineer Mike Renville. Executive producer Lori Madsen. Written and directed by Spud Goodman. Associate producer and video director TJ Pike. Production assistants Brian Martin and Frank Nolasco. Original music by Mike Spots and Tom Harmon. On-air talent Rob McGee, David Deere, Pam McGee, and Tom Nolan. Copyright 2017 Spud Goodman Productions. David Brenneman speaking. Just see, I'll never get it right.